Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. This week on Planet Internet, we are talking about NFTs and whether or not we think NFTs are here to stay. And we have some four cool articles around the internet to illustrate these points. Afternoon podcast. Today, I'm joined by your regular podcast host, Amy Tom. Hello. Hi. As well as our editor and community advocate, Ellen Stevens. Hello, hello. Hello. And me, Lee Mark. So why don't we just get into it? Here is the first article we're talking about, titled Set of Bored Ape NFTs Sells for $24.4 million in Sotheby's Online Auction. And this is an article from Reuters. I hope I pronounced that right, Reuters. And basically... It's uh, talking about a really expensive uh, set of NFTs that's sold on Sotheby's online auction. What do you think of this article, Amy? I love NFTs and like the randomness of it. Could you, looking at the Bad Apes NFT, Lemark, have pictured that it would sell for $24 million? No. No. Yeah. So like how yeah. I'm just find it so interesting, like, the culture of NFTs of like, how do you determine which ones are going to be the million dollar NFTs? Like this board, the board apes NFTs are cool, but they're not anything different than I have seen bad unicorns or like canine, whatever. There's a million different versions of these kinds of NFTs. So I wonder why bad apes specifically took off. I'm not really sure. <laughs> And in this article, did it talk about like a, a bit about the project or what ended up happening? Like why it sold for that much? Was there anything about that? No, it doesn't really necessarily say like why it sold for that much. And that's like kind of the question really of NFTs and like, how do you determine which one sells, which, which one is going to sell for more? I really don't know. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's just like the gamble of getting into the NFT market. Yeah. And this one, just to be clear, it was a set of 107 NFTs that sold for a total of 24.4 million, but that's still a huge cost per NFT, mm, I think, mm-hmm. for sure. What about you, Ellen? Did you, would you have expected just by looking at this picture that these could sell for that much? I would not have expected that because it's a quite a large number for for <laughs> just images. Uh, it's literally know. a JPEG of a monkey. Yeah, yes. but it, it makes me think sometimes when I hear these very large uh, sums of money for what is seemingly like a questionable, potentially an, a way to invest uh, that money. I think about maybe laundering money, not like for me doing it, other people, other people potentially doing that, because sometimes when there is really no rhyme or reason for why something is done, there may be potentially some sort of some sort of reason that you do not know about for why it is to to be done because some some of these respectfully are just absurd yes (laughs) do you think the whole nft market though is like that then because there's so many that sold for thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars millions of dollars so are all of those big ticket nfts money laundering schemes maybe not all but it does it does I do question definitely what is going on exactly. So yeah, I know that people can invest their money in all sorts of different things and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But when you think about NFTs, there is quite a large risk factor. Bless you. 
I do. I, I do. I think it does beg the question uh, where this money is coming from and is it really legit? Because there's so many different options in the block blockchain technology uh, to run scams, to do things somewhat illegally. I do wonder. I do wonder about that for sure. But I'm yeah. not, I, I also don't want to suggest that. I don't want to make the claim that this is what's <laughs> happening here. It just, it, it made me so sorry to whomever was the, you know, seller and, and buyer. But it doesn't make me think about that for sure. So um, talking about why certain NFTs get higher in price, in my opinion, there's kind of two reasons for that. One of them is there's like a functional reason of that, like the NFT is a part of a larger platform where it serves a function rather than just owning it for the sake of owning it, like a painting or something. But then the other option is like the idea that these NFTs are art and they are like buying a painting at an art gallery that could go for millions of dollars. In this article, it said near the bottom, like Amy was talking about the NFT market as a whole could be a bubble, but this artist believes that they see the Bored Apes as a work of art and that the NFT market is not a bubble. But I guess a question I've always had even before NFT is like, when would you ever decide that a work of art could be worth millions of dollars either? Yeah, it's like, where are these investors that are spending these millions of dollars and why are they not showing up in the traditional art world? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a bit of a hard question, but what do you feel is like art that is worth that much? Do you feel like art is worth that much because of its historical value, like a Da Vinci painting or something? Or is is there something about art that I just can't see that these uh, these investors and maybe perhaps you can see? Okay, yes. I love art and collecting art, and I would pay a pretty penny for a piece of art that was created by someone that I really admired and respected. So I think it depends on the creator, and maybe that's also like the draw of the NFT, right? Like the fact that it, you go back to the creator and support the creator is something that draws artists to NFTs. Yeah, def like, I would definitely pay more money for art that was created by someone that I respected and admired than some random JPEG of yeah. a monkey on the internet. But if that NFT was connected to something that I wanted, like, um, I don't know, mm -hmm. an Ariana Grande NFT. I love Ariana Grande. I appreciate mm -hmm. her as an artist. If she made an NFT, maybe I would buy one because I appreciate mm -hmm. her art, that kind of thing. So it's for the sake of having it in general. It's not the idea that maybe you can sell it off for more later on. Like you just want well, to support the okay. artist that you like the most. There, that's a different side of buying NFTs. You're asking me, like, why would people buy these, like, million-dollar NFTs? I guess, like, people who are buying these million-dollar NFTs are thinking about flipping them at some point. <laughs> but I'm just thinking purely from, like, the standpoint of supporting artists and buying... And the fact that I would spend more money on an NFT that was for related to someone that I respected. Cool. Do you feel the same, Eleanor? Do you have a different aspect on that? 
So with respect to what gives art value uh, in a particular society, I think a number of the factors that were already mentioned are completely completely reasonable and I th- they are factored into what what the ultimate value of art is. I think part of it is this concept of scarcity which is a concept in economics and it means that the demand for a good or service is greater than the availability of the good or service. And so So I can limit the choices available to customers who ultimately make up the economy. So when you think about originals, when you think about art, so you can have a very high demand for a piece of art and the price can go up if it's a if it's an auction type situation, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it naturally would be. So the highest bidder generally would would be able to would be able to get the item. So I think that's definitely something that is that has to be put into consideration uh, when looking at a value. So I think it's also individual, right? So if you have ten billionaires wanting to buy the same NFT, uh, then sure that price can skyrocket. But is it really worth that value to someone apparently? Like who defines who defines value, usually the market in a free market uh, economy. Personally, it's I, I don't think I, I, I'm in that circle yet where spending uh, millions of dollars on, on an NFT, a reasonable decision or even a feasible one. Uh, I don't yeah, think I'm yeah, the keep, like, Please keep your $25 million in the bank, Ellen. Yeah. Don't spend it on. You might want to spend yeah, your first yeah, we'll million on what... like a house or yeah. some basic yeah, fundamentals I need to take perhaps. care of the basics <laughs> yeah. first. Yeah, for the NFTs. Yeah, perhaps though the first house you buy might be in the metaverse, right? Which is one way you can invest in the metaverse today, which is the title of our next article, written by Mr. Eric. And (laughs) this article is actually part of our gaming metaverse writing contest, and it was really interesting. So. We, talk, we did a podcast episode about metaverses before, and this one outlines the ways that people can invest, sorry, invest in the metaverse, in specific metaverses, or just in general, how you can invest in this as a concept. And giving it a brief outline, there are basically three to four ways to do this. So let's say, let's pretend Hacker Noon had a metaverse, right? And in order to do that, we would need a token for currency on the metaverse. So way one is to just simply purchase the tokens of the company who has whatever metaverse that you're interested in, be it the Sandbox, Decentraland, maybe Hacker News Future Metaverse. That's option one. Option two is an interesting option we also talked about before, which is buying land within that metaverse. So if we believe that the Hacker News Metaverse is going to get huge with billions of users later, then obviously if you bought land in the Hacker News Metaverse right away, that land would skyrocket when the metaverse got more popular. So the first is buying the token, the second is buying land. And then the third one, which is what we're talking about today, is buying that metaverse's NFTs. And in my opinion, I think this is the biggest function of NFTs that should decide value. So let's say you own a pair of sneakers in the Hacker Noon metaverse, but only a thousand people live in that metaverse. It's probably not worth a lot. But if I bought a thousand uh, these sneakers in Michael Jordan's metaverse and his metaverse had 2 billion people next year, these sneakers could be worth a hell of a lot as an NFT and I could sell that for a lot. So those are the ways that this author outlined of how people can start investing in metaverse today. Now that you know that, Amy, are you going to start doing any of these? Are you going to start investing in the metaverse? 
No, okay, can I be an old person for two seconds? Yes. You're saying, so you're telling me that you're going to invest in a piece of land that doesn't actually exist, but it's just on the internet, and then you're going to spend your tokens in this, like, alt-universe, and you're going to sell and buy sneakers in this alt-universe as well. That's how this world is going to play yeah the and the, in, in, in some ways you can already do that with metaverses like the sandbox i i, I think i told you guys i bought land in that metaverse and it's it doesn't already exist. there yeah. yeah it doesn't <laughs> exist physically but i can put a video game on there i can put hacker Nude's website on there and, and that exists as a piece of their world now if i were to do that okay <laughs> Yeah, uh, it blows my mind. Why? One another way to think about it is: let's say you wanted to go to Amsterdam. To go there, you have to get Amsterdam's currency. So to go to the sandbox metaverse and buy things in the sandbox metaverse, you have to get their currency. So yeah, it, but it I'm works actually the same going to Amsterdam physically. Like I'ma be there, but like I'm never gonna be in the metaverse. Oh, I don't know about oh, already with virtual reality. I could do that, and if I wanted to, well, yeah. I How feel, about you? I feel like are, are one you? of those people, like old people, that are like the internet. In a way, it, it is like that because this yeah. thing isn't built yet. It's so it, it new. Is something completely yeah. New. What about you, Ellen? Will you start buying land, tokens, and NFTs in your favorite metaverse? So I uh, currently, I think I should focus on buying probably real land in the real universe. But I do think that quite a large section of the population exists in the virtual world. Even if you're not playing video games, you're probably existing on some sort of social media platform. And the thing with these platforms is that people get very attached to to them and to spending time there. And so when a platform wants to make money, they can sell various extra features, etc. So this is an extension of that. But I do think it's going to go further. So um, again, we don't know 100% um, what the future holds. The risks that we've been warned about and that we see happening fairly regularly are the destruction of the environment, various viruses, which are just going to continue to get worse. I don't mean to be like a doomsday uh, weather vane human here, but the reality is a good section of the population may in the future exist at least in part virtually. And so these platforms that are providing these spaces where these metaverses, where a person can create their reality. Mm -hmm. So I think that it just seems like the natural kind of step, especially when we morph uh, a little bit more with um, artificial intelligence, etc. I think I get it. Is it going to be like Sim? And in, in, I'm sure some people would choose that version of a metaverse for them, but it could also be, I don't know, if, if you want to exist in a world where, you know, maybe you don't follow like a particular law of gravity or law of mm. physics or, or something of that nature, mm-hmm. you could get as creative as that's kind of the magic of it is you can literally exist in a dream world without doing some sort of hallucinogenic substance um, yeah. or what have you. But like that was the big 
draw of Sims back in like the 90s, early 2000s, the fact that, and that's why so many people flocked to it and were obsessed and crazy about it and would spend like their entire day on it because the virtual universe was better than the real one. So they would just spend all day on it. So I guess like maybe that's where the metaverse will go. Imagine if Sandbox got that wide adoption and then everyone was just in there. Yeah. Okay. I get right. it. Oh my god. It's all clicking in my mind. Oh my god. I understand. Yeah. The And so actually I had posted, a, I think it was a different article. I I think Lee Mark, that was the one where you're talking about purchasing some land. I think mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And so there was an interesting uh, question that came up that I'd like to, I'd like to talk about because it's, I thought it, it was a good question. Uh, interesting way to think about value. So what actually guarantees the scarcity of the land you purchase? So again, back to this topic of scarcity, if you purchase uh, a piece of land in what are some of the platforms, there's Sandbox and other ones, um, in different platforms, which one um, of those pieces of land is going to gain the most value? And so when you think about scarcity, what that means is that there isn't an infinite amount available, right? Mm -hmm. So these Mm -hmm. companies that are starting these metaverses um, and selling these plots of land, they're likely going to have to program into the system. Um, So for example, I think Bitcoin, right? It has a limit. And so they're like dividing it into like very small fractions now or what have you. But that's an interesting point as well for me, because which is more likely to win and why? So if your question is, uh, what guarantees the scarcity? Almost nothing. As you said, Bitcoin has a cap. When they wrote out the plan for that coin, they decided on that cap. But I've read articles where programmers could find a way to not have a cap. It's like the crypto miners in the community agreed on that cap to keep the scarcity, to keep the scarcity of that coin and keep the value high. But I can just tell you that, hey, these NFTs are capped at 1,000 copies. They're, get them while they're hot. There's, there's not going to be more printed, but we could mint more at any time. There's nothing stopping us other than hopefully there's a law that'll come out that we could sue people for not following those uh, rules that they set out. But physically, there's really nothing. The sandbox could infinitely keep getting bigger and not have a cap if they wanted to. But the other way to create value in land, even if it's infinite, is at what point you buy and where you buy. So for example, the reason I was really interested to get in when I did is because that batch was when they partnered with The Walking Dead, which is a series I love. And that was part of The Walking Dead land sale. And there's these big blocks of land that have The Walking Dead on them because that's going to host The Walking Dead content. So if I think The Walking Dead is an important IP and that other people will value it, and if I buy my land next to that big block, then probably mine has more value than a piece of land that's in the middle of nowhere. Just like Mm. real estate in the real world. If I have an apartment next to downtown, it's much more valuable than one in the boonies for most people, at least. That's true. Yeah. So the location matters as well. It's just fascinating to see that play out in in a virtual space. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why don't we bring it back to something that's more like easily feasible and like easily understandable in terms of value and talk about a metaverse that has already proven value, which is Fortnite's metaverse. Um, Not everyone might be as geeky as me. So if you don't know, Fortnite is one of the most popular battle royale games in the world. It was the most popular one at one point, Uh, billion dollar company. And um, 
the Fortnite is a metaverse in their own right. They hold concerts with famous people. They hold events that millions of people experience around the world at the exact same time, no matter where you are. And in my opinion, games and that already have metaverses like this, these are like the best place to implement NFTs because kids and adults spend hundreds of dollars buying these digital items that are, again, just images digitally that you'd never really own. If Fortnite shut down, those things are gone. But if they were NFTs, you would have them forever on your wallet, which is why I think they should do that. But as it says in this article by The Verge, Tim Sweeney says Epic is not pursuing that at all. And the main reason they give is they aren't touching NFTs because of the amount of scams in the space. I'm not fully buying that reason, but I want to hear what you think, Ellen. I think you said you read this article. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's interesting to present a balanced side to things, right? So you have a lot of people that are very much gung-ho for these NFTs. And here you have someone that is looking at what's actually happening in this space that's not overly possible. And so I actually wanted to touch upon uh, some of these scams that are happening because I think people should be aware um, of what's going on. So there there was a couple of things here so uh, one of the problems that's uh, occurring currently is people are pretending so they'll go onto these spaces like uh, open sea or these nft markets um, and they'll pretend to be uh, a particular artist and allegedly the verification processes are not ideal upload a particular piece of art onto this nft platform thus creating an nft and then later an artist will find out that um, someone is selling their work potentially for high prices and they are not them it's quite unfortunate and so like by that point that nft has been registered uh in the system as allegedly an original uh and so i'm actually not 100 percent sure I, I imagine they they try and take it off but at that point sales have been made money has been transferred and what these scammers do is because with blockchains you have a record of of the account and, and the wallet that bought bought the particular NFT. So the scammers will sell it immediately. So the person now whose purchase state is very likely an innocent um, an innocent person. So that's kind of how they dodge the whole tracking element. There was, uh, yeah, and there was a larger, larger story about someone who had purchased something and realized that there was something a little bit off about it. And he had gone to, to I think it was OpenSea. So he had gone uh, to the platform to complain about this i don't remember exactly what the situation was but so approached him uh, and started a conversation i think on discord or something of that nature and he thought it was the official people they, they pretended to be like the official people from open sea and they had pretty i guess maybe standard conversation of like tech support. And then eventually he ended up screen sharing with these people and they actually ended up stealing pretty much all of his NFTs. So I think it was wow. like, Oh my God, don't discord with people. Don't discord with yeah. random people. That's that. Yeah, that's the lesson. They here. don't put their um, support on discord. <laughs> what? 
Yeah, so I think he he lost five hundred thousand dollars or something. Wow. You know, oh it was, it was a large amount of money. Yeah, yeah. and so uh, the kind of they were able to trace the wallet, but again, by the time that they did this, the assets were already sold to oh, to other yeah. people, innocent people. Mm-hmm. And one of the lessons that he was saying that he learned was when you're in charge of being your own bank, that's one of the risks. Whereas mm-hmm. at a bank, you you might go in right away, take out money, whatever. Generally speaking, you're not thinking about the bank scamming you. Whereas now, if you're taking out the middleman uh, in a certain sense, now you're having to mitigate those risks essentially on your own. So that does leave quite an quite an opening for scammers. And there's actually like one quick thing that I did want to bring up um, that. I think is absolutely fascinating. That's a little bit outside the scope of this, but we recently published an article that was talking about privacy coins. And so again, when you hear about blockchain, when you hear about NFTs, a lot of the reoccurring statements happen to be that it's very secure. It's secure because the transactions are monitored. Please meet or uncover privacy coins, right? Some coins allow you to register the details of all transactions in the blockchain, and there are others where it is impossible to do so. No one knows either the details of the transactions or the names of the users who perform them. They're called privacy coins. So they're anonymous peer-to-peer decentralized systems that are a unit of calculation within the network. Naturally, within any uh, type of new uh, sort of structure or system, there are going to be questionable players. But I did want to note that such things exist and are being developed as well. Yeah, I think that's the end of that rant. Yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> and- those scams are real. I have discords. And if you just join one NFT discord, you'll get those messages every day about this new thing that you should join this new, oh, you should buy this new coin. And it's the same thing. These are the same people that call and pretend to be Microsoft support. Like it it doesn't really matter. It's not the NFT's fault. Those people will be everywhere. Every time there's an option to make money off gullible people, they're going to be there. It does exist. People should be aware, but it's not the NFT's fault. It's not blockchain's fault. I, I, don't think I was necessarily assigning mm. the fault to anyone other than the people who are doing these scams. Yeah, but yeah. the the important um, element is the fact that the people who are generally, it seems, participating in the whole NFT culture, generally speaking, they're quite tech savvy, likely. I would Should say be. maybe the majority are. And here you have a person that's tech savvy. Like, he's pretty tag savvy and he mm. fell for it. So it's just the the level of, of sophistication and the level of awareness that you now have to have if you're acting as your own bank. So that's, yeah, an important, an to important thing. To bring it back to the original story and something that you just mentioned, Lee Mark, about the fact that like tons of people are messaging about like buy this NFT, do this NFT. Yeah. The fact that Tim Sweeney is getting like tweeted and DM'd like constantly. Yeah. Please, sir, check this NFT. Please, sir, make an NFT with us. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Or just like fact that any celebrity is getting approached right now and just please make an NFT with us. I'll make one for myself as well, eventually. Yeah. <laughs> My entire wardrobe. <laughs> Oh, yes. But uh, nevertheless, NFTs are still big. And Hackernoon being a blockchain and uh, crypto publication, we have a new cool feature to talk about. And I want to hand this over to Ellen, who will talk about it. 
Yeah, so uh, NFTs are awesome, but it's it's good to be aware. So we now actually have the uh, ability for the people who are writing on our website in Editor 2.0 to be able to input NFT art or NFTs. Uh, so it's relatively straightforward. So the example given uh, in the article that's written by one of our developers is that you can go to OpenSea and then you can pick out various NFTs and then you'd need uh, what you'd need is to look at the details of the NFT. So you can actually uh, do this with me. So if you go uh, scroll up a little bit or you don't have to, but yeah. uh, anyways, so you'd go to the details of the of the NFT and then there's going to be a contract address that you, that you would copy, but that's not all, right? Then what you need to do is you need to put a hashtag and and then you need to put a token ID. So there's also a token ID that you can copy. So it's going to be like a long string of the, the address and then a hashtag and then a four or however many digits for the token ID. And all you do is you click enter and uh, it should show up. So uh, I tested it a few times last night and this morning to make sure I knew what I was talking about. And yeah, and then it shows up. So it's it's really cool. And yes. uh, we mark. And please, everyone uh, should so put their NFT in the story. Yes. For sure, for sure. And I think... It's it works on both editors, so we can correct this later if that's wrong. Because I did try it in editor 3.0 and it worked as well. So okay. we'll see. Great. But yes, please, if you have NFTs and you're writing about NFTs, please uh, do embed it directly. You don't need to just uh, take a screenshot anymore. All right. Lastly, some surprise news that came to mind to Amy's delight is that Neopets are getting NFTs now. Yay. And I don't want to talk too much about it, but uh, are you excited? Are you going to buy some? What's going on? Yes. I've decided that I'm going to buy a Neopets NFT, so long as they're not millions of dollars. <laughs> but I feel like it would take off. I loved Neopets. And then again, it's like, what am I willing to spend my money on? The things that pull my heartstrings? Neopets. Great memories. Good times. Based on everything we talked about then today... In uh, one minute, can you tell me, Ellen, do you think NFTs will last or are they a bubble that are going to burst and what? I think it's likely that this technology will continue. I think the concept of blockchain makes sense in a lot of different ways, especially in terms of system verification and things like that. And so I, I think... It, NFTs as art and etc. are like something that naturally comes with that. So I do think that they are here uh, to stay for sure. I think technology is going to continue developing that way. And uh, yes, if, if I can do a quick Hacker Noon product advertisement though about writing prompts, if you want to write about tech trends, you can do that. You can do that. There is uh, a way to, if you go to our nav bar and you hover over, there will be writing prompts. And at the very top, you can see a description about all of the writing prompts that are available, but you can also pick the prompt uh, that asks about in and trends in tech so that's uh if you want to write about nfts please please go ahead and do that you just have to click on the prompt uh, and it'll take you to a draft and you just write yeah sorry a little random 
What about you, Amy? Do you think NFTs are here to stay or are they a bubble that are going to burst? Why or why not? I think we've been riding the like million dollar NFT hype for over six months now. So I'm pretty sure it's here to stay. Cool, cool. I also agree it's here to stay. I think even though there's hype, I think the hype will burst. But as Ellen said, the technology will be here to stay. Once you get away from like these NFTs that are just pump and dumps and you get into things that actually have utility, I think that's where this will last long term. Mm -hmm. And that was our discussion on NFTs this week on Planet Internet. Thank you very much for joining me, Amy and Ellen. And Thank we you. will see you next time. This podcast was produced by Hacker Noon, hosted by me, Lee Mark, and edited by Alex. Thanks for joining us, everybody. See you next week on Planet Internet. Hacker Noon Podcast.